Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for joining another episode of the Gotham 2 Tokyo Podcast. I am, as always, your host, Tony. And, of course, today, we have more of that shit that you love. Music, interviews, and, of course, music. So without any further ado, let's get into it. Bands of Tokyo. Our first band to be featured this week is a black metal band from Tokyo called Galga Falmul. Formed in 2017, to date, they have released one demo and one EP, 2019's Galga Falmul. Off of their 2019 EP, this is Dreaming in the Cursed Forest by Galga Falmul. Let's go. 
Again, that was Dreaming in the Cursed Forest by Gelga Falmul. You can find the band on Bandcamp as well as YouTube. Up next, we have a brutal death metal band coming out of Kanagawa called Strangulation. Formed in 2016, to date, they have released four releases, a demo, a single, EP, as well as their first full-length album, Display of Escalated Perversion, in 2020. Off of their 2019 EP, this is Surrogate Victimization by Strangulation.
again, that was Strangulation with Surrogate Victimization off of their 2019 EP. Yeah, you can find the band on uh, Bandcamp as well as a YouTube. Guitar player, primarily. Up um, now, I do a bit we of have work, my interview uh, with and mixing a very, and stuff, but, um, very accomplished finger-style guitarist here uh, in Japan. Here, originally next year, hailing 25 from years, Australia, in Japan. now has been living and, in Japan uh, for over 20 and, years, uh, and I, I currently, play while working as a guitar. professional musician, uh, is a professional bands, guitar teacher. And, um, when I'm working solo, it's because uh, I'm not a very good singer, so I'm, I play <laughs> instrumental guitar, doing uh, stuff like, um, from the old stuff like Adventures in the Shadows through to uh, Satriani and Steve Vai. And then, Chris, um, thank you so much for joining today. Could you just Jeff take Beck, a second Steve to introduce Rayborn, yourself to everybody? Plus original music, and then um, I play uh, acoustic finger style as well. So that's uh, yeah, where you're playing bass, bass and uh, lead and rhythm all at the same time. So um, those uh, and you know this year has been a bit of a uh, bit of a wipeout, but um, <laughs> sadly, but. Um, uh, for everybody, that is, so it's not just me, but, um, you know, normally out, you know, uh, uh, touring around Japan and, and, uh, and doing, you know, whatever it takes, you know, and, uh, and, you know, for day-to-day -day stuff, I still teach guitar, so that's, that's, if I have a day job, that's my day job, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, the, uh, yeah, so, for, since 1996, uh, <laughs> <laughs> seems quite a long time ago. Um, that's how I've been doing it. Well, I, I, I was here a little bit earlier. Um, uh, um, I, first time I came is in 92. Then I went back to Australia and then I, uh, I um, went back to my old job. Uh, I'm a qualified optician and, and uh, then I uh, decided that I better go. But there's a big world out there, you know. I was in my early twenties, and I went. There's a. I, I've got a. You know, I'm from Sydney, Australia, and uh, and in Sydney, I'm from the, you know, the from the suburbs, you know. So coming out to a big city like Japan, as you, if you said you're from New York, so maybe it's not such a a, a, a big contrast. But for me, coming to Tokyo was. Was amazing. So you said and you've then, been here for 25 so years. So between what 92 and 96, when you first came to Japan, um, was on and off. Um, I at that time I worked for um, amongst a few other jobs. I, I worked for Gibson Guitars um, as I uh, worked in the artist relations office there, and that was uh, that was a lot of fun. And uh, uh, but I was always, you know. It, Playing music was was always the goal, and then a kind of a life-changing experience happened in 1995 and 96. I found myself with a daughter, and uh, so and uh, so from 96 onwards, I've I've been based in Japan. Yeah. Right. Mm. Uh, well, the very first time I came, it was uh, uh, kind of a long story, but I'll shorten it. it there was a possibility of, of some music work here, uh, playing with a singer um, that I knew, and um, 
that didn't work out unfortunately that time but you know I, it was um it i went back as i said i went back to my old job but i also had a band i was also you know been playing guitar since i was 10 years old so um we had a band and we went back and we started doing stuff again and and uh just on the sydney circuit and um we, we weren't a, a big name or anything we were just a pub band wow. but um okay but you know looking back at that time so uh, when you first came it, here it was to a good Japan, fun what time exactly we were very dedicated you, you know the five of us were very dedicated to that band and and it was a it was a good solid band um yeah we would rehearse <laughs> Um, religiously, in fact, it was, uh, if you miss the rehearsal, it was very much frowned upon. So, uh, we were all, you know, we were in that, I was in that band from 18 to 22 or maybe 23. We finally kind of just went our own ways and then I came back to Japan. Um, but, um, uh, you know, it was a, it was, that was a, a great experience, you know, real good, uh, it really felt like a team and and um we're all together you know and uh um uh, that's that was the that romantic band <laughs> ever since then i've been doing um you know I, I, I do session work and and other bits and pieces you do hotel gigs or you do things that are you do on the fly that 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 are not uh particularly um you know, you, you've got yourself to a point where you you don't need the months of rehearsals, but but you know, there's no doubt that when you do do that, the tightness of a band is is uh, is you know, so yeah. Well, I started. Um, uh, it was a, it, it's debated. It was ten or eleven, but. Ten's easy to remember, <laughs> but <laughs> um, uh, a guy who I, I've known since I was three years old, he had started singing. He's a very good singer, and he was my neighbour. And then we moved, but we continued going through the same school. We went all through, you know, uh, primary school and and high school together, and uh, still a, a great mate to this day. And he's a very good, very very good singer. He's ended up. You know, doing shows in the West End of London, and he's toured the world. Yeah, he's a musical singer. Now he's based back in Australia, um, teaching so at a what at originally a, uh, got you into very high-end playing guitar private school. First started. Uh, his name's Dean McRae, and um, uh, so he was doing it and doing the singing. My mother said, "You know, why don't you play guitar?" There was a guitar sitting around. There was a guitar teacher up the road, and. Um, and uh, I just started and, and then I kept going and, and at about 13 I discovered um, two brothers that are Australian guitar players, uh, Phil and Tommy Emmanuel and um, uh, that, that set me off, that was, that, was the, that was the moment it tweaked, I went I want to do that, what they're doing is what I want to do and, and, um, and they, they are you know, it's hard to say who's the best or whatever, but um, yeah, certainly they are appreciated in Australia um, as as being at the very top. And uh, and Tommy has actually gone on as you know he's regarded around the world as one of the best uh, finger picking finger style guitar players. Um, and 
So those guys, I, you know, they were just playing in the pubs and stuff back in Sydney and around Australia at that time. And um, I would do everything I could to, to find out what they were doing. This is in the 80s. And, um, you know, if that meant, you know, borrowing my brother's driver's license as ID so I could get into a pub to go and see them play, I would do that. And um, this is all pre-photograph photograph ID uh, in Australia. Um, and then, you know, when I was about uh, 18 or 19, uh, well, I was 19 actually, um, I had lessons with Tommy Emmanuel and, um, and uh, then a little bit later, I had lessons with Phil, his brother. So I got to sit down with both of them and, and learn off them. And um, still to this day, those guys are, are the biggest influence on what I do. Um, as a musician, I steal everything I can from them still. <laughs> and um, and uh, sadly, uh, Phil passed away two years ago unexpectedly. Uh, at a, you know, at 65, he was not he was not particularly old at all. Um, but uh, if you're if you're uh, if you're listening to this and you're into guitar players, you know check out Tommy Emmanuel. He's uh, you know he's in uh, you know very rarefied air as far as a great guitar player, but a great song player, a songwriter and uh, performer as well. So yeah, that's so important, honestly. So could you tell me a little bit about what the Japanese music scene was like when you first came out here? The Japanese music scene, um, you know, if we get back to right at the very beginning, um, I, you know, it was still, um, uh, you know, CDs were still king and, and uh, you would go into, you know, big, the big music shops and they had the listening bar set up and you'd listen to, to um, uh, you know, whatever's, whatever's new. and. And and uh, and that was fantastic, you know. Now we can do it. We all got a bit lazy, maybe we we could we can do it from home, but you tend not to do it. So I try and make a point now of going out to. Um, it, it may not be the best thing for the artists. I'm not sure, but I try and make a point to go out to these used used places and and pick up pick up a few CDs because everyone's just throwing away their CDs now. <laughs> it's a perfect time to go to book off or. or somewhere like that and uh and scour through so the the it was uh the 90s was uh still an era where where the um where musicianship in the japanese um songs was was still kind of regarded as a high thing because if you think about the 90s in in the american in america and australia probably the the grunge scene hit at what 91 92 and and suddenly all these great well, not to say that that era doesn't have great music, it does, but the the, the musicianship uh, was less important, you know. Pe people would buy a CD because it had Steve Lukather playing on it, not because, or, or you know, Larry Carlton was playing guitar on it, or, or, you know, these session guys that, you know, they would buy it just because of that, but um, um, so the the um there was definitely that pop scene there but um it's some of that stuff is quite intricate and uh 
you got you, you got maybe you got some of these old um, jazz cats that are uh, <laughs> that are that, that are writing all these incredible some of the dip, most difficult chords and and uh, scores that I've had to read and be these Japanese pop songs, you know. So um, so it was you know as far as I know, Japan is still the second largest music industry in the world. I, I, that was a that was a um, a uh, a number that was was thrown around many years ago. I, I, it's still fairly strong, I would say, um, and it's diverse, um, and it's um, uh, there's some great artists out there. There's some stuff that I just go, yeah, I don't need to listen to that. But but this is, that's the same with every every country, I'd imagine. Um, but um, uh, you know, there's some. Uh, some really good music and uh so my first impression was okay this is this is it's not that the australian level was low at all australian level was, was very good but it, it was almost just another little step up and um you know i i've not cracked it as a as a as a session player you know for, for the major artist but uh, i've done plenty of work with Japanese artists and oh god these songs are really really uh, intricate and um, so um, uh, yeah so my first impressions was it's uh, it was exciting it was exciting it was there there was there was a challenge there and uh, and uh, it's um, it, it still is exciting and you know the music world may have changed in in how we receive music and uh and uh how we play it but um uh you know people still like listening to music that's that's the bottom line you know and you, you don't you don't hear people saying i hate music right. <laughs> i yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone particularly make a, a, a point about it. They might say <laughs> they hate this or that, or, yeah. you know, such and such pisses them off or whatever. Mm. But rarely do people say, you know, that, there'll be some music. They might say I dislike, you know, that I hate, uh, you know, death metal or something. Right, you know, right, that, right. But that's because they like listening to, you know, uh, you know, Lithuanian polkas or something. You know, right. it's. It's because the, that it doesn't match. Right. Um, but um, um, yeah, it's um, there's still plenty of music out there, and and uh, you know I go on trips of discovery on YouTube that that, that end up leading you all places. You yeah. Know? And uh, and that's that's impressive. That's good fun. Yeah, yeah. That's the best way to do it, honestly. So Tony, you're you're a musician yourself too, right? Yes, I am. Yeah. What what's your what, what, what drums, right? Yeah, I'm a drummer. Yeah. Right. I started playing drums when I was 13, and then I started playing with my bands when I was like, uh, I don't know, maybe 20 something. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I haven't really done as much in the Japan scene as you have. <laughs> and honestly, I feel like pretty much anybody, if they just practiced and kind of gave it time, they can play drums, honestly. 
And I feel like a lot of people my age, we started with rock band, guitar hero, and all that kind of stuff. So originally I was just playing like plastic and whatever, but then I learned to play the real whatever drums. Well, there's, there's a certain primal energy mm. that goes with drums that yeah. is, uh, it's, it's incredible. I can't play them at all, but, um, um, but back to Guitar Hero, it was, it was about, uh, it was, I don't know, 10, 10 or 12 years ago, possibly. I was back in Australia for Christmas and um, at my cousin's place, they mm -hmm. had got given you know, the, the, the latest edition of Guitar Hero and the plastic guitars. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I said, come on, Chris, you get up and play. And, and like, first, I got booed off. It was <laughs> possible to get, <laughs> to get actually, they, they stopped and I got booed. <laughs> not, not, not by the people, yeah, by yeah, the yeah. game. Yeah, the yeah, game yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And I just went, okay, well, thank God there were no mobile phones with camera <laughs> videos around at that point. There were, but they weren't right. capturing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. Embarrassment of that. But, um, yeah, that, I mean, that's a, a, uh, a perfect example of how the delivery of music has changed. Mm. You know, game, game music is, uh, is um, you got to be careful how you say that, game <laughs> yeah, music. Yeah, game music, yeah. First time I heard uh, someone ask, ask me to do some game music, I said, what, like, I don't know, what do you want, Bet, Bet Midler tunes or something? <laughs> or... <laughs> but... Um, uh, yeah, I mean that 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 didn't that wasn't around. Mm. But I've, I've done a few things over the years. Yeah, but, yeah, just for a small nothing. Sadly, nothing major, but uh, um, bits and pieces in the game music world. Of course. <laughs> so I'm just wondering, you've been here for quite a while. If you could just tell me about any changes that you've seen happen in the Japanese music scene since you first came here twenty something years ago. Um, yeah, well, they, to me, they, they may be uh, subtle because they happen over... Um, oh, sorry, I'm just getting a big echo here. Oh, I'm not hearing it. <laughs> Are you getting that? No, no, no. Sounds good on my Okay. Uh, oh, it's better now. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's... I guess you've been here a few years then, I imagine. Right. How long is it? Two, Two years. years. Okay. Um, the changes you know, certainly occur and um, uh, it moves forward and and uh, uh, so, but I think when you're here um, for, for such a long period of time, it's not until you, you look back and you go, oh, okay, well, that was completely different. So when, it, when it's happening, you're not really taking so much notice of it. So, um, but significant changes, I would say, is that, um, you know, it's Japan has become you know uh, much more <clears throat> accessible and and tourist friendly. Um, not that it wasn't friendly for tour to tourists, yeah. but you know, getting around one was expensive, mm. um, and and Japan had that reputation as being a really you know expensive trip if you wanted to go. Yeah. And now, it, it, you know, everywhere else is kind of caught up to it. So. Right, right, right. Um, so that's one thing. What's another thing? Um, uh, oh, look, the the, the uh, transportation system was always pretty good from from the time I've been here, and, and 
yeah, I, I, <laughs> it's not, not a very good answer, but no, no. Um, uh, what else? It's it's probably just become a little bit easier. Mm. Information is easier to get. I, that's that's happening all around the world, you know. But but um, you know, if there was a an issue with your visa, you had to rely on people's. You know what what they said in their experience, or you know that those kind of things now are much easier. You know, and um, uh, what else has changed? It, I, sorry, it's not a very uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> very good answer, but um, yeah, a lot of it is just be, you know things that have happened around the world anyway. You know, communi- communication like when we used to when I first came here, you used to wait till Sunday to call home because um, it was half price. Instead of being 300 yen a minute, it was 150 yen a minute. But you still go on the phone and you'd say to your mum and dad, yeah, I'm not dead. Uh I'll I'll talk to you next week, you know, because it was just costing so much money. (laughs) So, um, you know, communication is a lot easier and, and, um, you know, getting around is is easier. Um, I just, you know, if you go, when, when, you know, in normal time, um, you know, you go walk around Ginza, it's, it's like you're, you're in a foreign country. <laughs> um, uh, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just, it's just, it's just, you know, there is so much, so many tourists uh, coming through that um, that just wasn't the case before. And um, uh, it's, um, as I said, it's, I'm not knocking it. It's just an observation. Yeah, yeah. But um, um, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's changed a heap and and not much. You know, that's a pretty crappy answer. But no, no, no. It's, uh, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, even since I first came here, I've definitely noticed that Japan has become much more accessible to foreign people that are here that don't speak Japanese. I think that was because of the Olympics, but I think that it's definitely become easier, you know? True, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's right. You know, um, yeah, small thing, but, um, you know, station names, station uh, um, signs on the station, street signs, whatever, for, for a long time they weren't uh, in, in English, and that's okay, it's, it's in Japanese, you know, but um, this is Japan. But it, it, I think, you know, they realise that uh, the they, as in whoever's promoting, right. <laughs> trying to get people to come <laughs> yeah, to Japan, yeah, yeah. Think, let's make it just a little bit easier, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and 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 we'll put English signs mm. there. But uh, where where do you live, there, Tony? I'm where living, are you at? I'm living in Edogawa. Okay. Yeah. Edogawa. So over the east side. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, are you? Um, my my in-laws live over that side too. Oh, wow. They're over it. There's there's a massive park there called Mizumoto Koen. Do you know uh, that place? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really big, open green space. It's very beautiful. They live right next to that. Right. Yeah, but I I live west side. Ooh. I I live uh, from Shinjuku. Mm-hmm. Um, you go west from there. Right. On the on the Chuo line, you okay. go past Nakano, and, oh, and then yeah, you go yeah, yeah, yeah. Koenji. Ah, wow. 
which is a good music town, yeah. and then Asagaya, which is also a very good music town, and Ogikubo, uh -huh. Nishi Ogikubo. Wow. I live in Asagaya, between Asagaya and Ogikubo. Wow. So, yeah. That's amazing. It is a good area, you know, yeah. and uh, I, uh, you know, in the time I've lived here, I've lived in um, quite a few different parts of town, but it's always been this west side. Mm. And um, I'm not really familiar with the east side, but pardon me, I, um, I, I love, I love cycling. So I go over, I chuck my, when we go over to the in-laws, I, I put my bike in the back of the van and, um, and uh, always go out cycling along the Edogawa oh, cycling path. Yeah. Um, I ride along the Atakawa cycling path all the time and Tama River cycling path. And um, so, um, I'm, I'm slowly learning more about that east side of uh, east side of Tokyo. Yeah, the only problem about living here is the typhoons. It's the worst here. <laughs> yes. It's, historically, it's just like the worst place to live in Tokyo is Edogawa when there's typhoons. And yep. It's it's pretty rough. Like last year when we had that typhoon, it was a nightmare here. <laughs> I hate it. Last year's what that big one last year that. The, the damage that was done yeah. was massive yeah. along that even I, I go on the Arakawa and and uh, and uh, and cycle way up mm. and and so you're you're you know 40 to 50 kilometers from from the bay right even even further there was damage all the way up to there all the way down to the bay mm. it was damaged all the all the all the um, baseball fields were wiped out. All the fences. Yeah. Uh, it was massive. Uh, same with Edogawa. Yeah. I, I think two weeks after that typhoon, I went cycling up the Edogawa, up all the way up to the, to where it joins the um, where the Tonegawa mm. and the Edo, Edo, It's the confluence of the Edogawa mm. and Tonegawa. And um, there was just, I mean, the whole thing. There was just damage. It's. It's amazing, yeah. That was a lot of water. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but also, you know, in New York, we get hurricanes and stuff like that, of course, because it's all surrounded by, you know, water. Yeah, 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 yeah. You get big ones there. Yeah. What was the, there was one, uh, what was the big one this decade? Ah, uh, Sandy, yeah. Sandy, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah. Uh, wiped out a lot of those coastal areas right yep yep that's mm. exactly how it went it was nuts to see how that all happened honestly right right yeah of course japan is you know a country that has a lot of natural disasters also so you know kind of both places i think are equally not, not yeah equal. well you know the the earthquake that we had here in 2011 you know, I, I, I came home, I was out cycling at the time when it hit and I could feel it. I thought I've got a puncture because my bike was going side to side. And then I, I, I stopped and I looked at the telegraph poles and they're just shaking madly and houses are moving and built. And I'm like, okay, well, this is a big one. And then I got home and the only thing, you know, something had fallen off the top of my fridge. That was the only, that was the only indication that I had inside my house that there'd been an earthquake. And then I, you turn on the TV and you go, and it was it was playing live, you know. The, right. the, it was, you know, and uh, I, I hate to sound like I'm I'm uh, making light of the situation. I'm not. It was it was it was the um, 
it was so big, but you know, if you had been in that in your own little bubble, yeah. you probably would have gone, okay, well that wasn't that wasn't so bad, you know. Very much dependent on where you live in a certain place that kind of yeah. Especially in New York with everything like that too. <laughs> really depends so which part of new york i don't know only from tv and movies i know new york <laughs> where, where are you from queens oh, okay oh queens yeah it's like the central part of new york city i i was a there was a great show that i watched the king of queens man that was it <laughs> yeah, the king of queens, yeah. <laughs> kevin james yeah and, yeah, uh, yeah kevin james exactly and um uh, ben Stiller's dad. Oh, Jerry Stiller, name. yeah. Jerry Stiller. Jerry Stiller, yeah, just sadly passed away. But that was yeah. a great... <laughs> he played show. two iconic characters yeah. l later on in life, Frank yeah, Costanza yeah. and um, yeah. Arthur Spooner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, they were very different characters, but yes. uh, I, I loved his comedy, man. He was, uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'd love to go to New York and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and check it out one day. It's... Yeah. Uh, for forever it's been a mm. yeah a to-do list and um, yeah. and my wife was traveling there oh, last really? year wow. and uh, she was she was traveling to america a fair mm. bit and um for her work right. and um and she went oh, i've got to go to new york I'm like, okay i'm coming i'm coming i'm coming and um and she said i'm only gonna be there for a day or two and oh well that's not long enough so um, I said we'll, we'll we'll go in the future. So yeah, it looks it looks great. There's a uh, you know it's it's ground zero for a lot of music yes. and a lot of great a lot of great music and yes. uh, um, you know I'd, I'd, even just to go there and see it would, yes. would be exciting for me as well. Yeah. Mm. You know, I was in that New York music scene for a while before I came here to Japan, and I, I just felt like it all kind of became like one. Right. You know, like I felt like everyone was just ripping off the, you know, really popular stuff, and everyone sounded the same. Right, right. What what kind of music is is people predominantly playing in that kind of circuit? Indie music, most mostly indie, uh, shoegazy type stuff. And, mm. Uh, you know, stuff that was kind of all started to sound the same. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I just kind of got tired of that after a while. So I kind of wanted to do right, right, right. Gotcha. something different, yeah. Right, right. But. So, and when you came, well, now you've been here for a few years, right. are you, are you uh, playing with different bands or? Not now, not at the moment, no. Basically, really, what I'm focusing on right now is this podcast and trying to get this off of the ground and uh, trying to get this to be something that people can kind of come to as a beacon of what the Tokyo music scene is. So instead of making music, I'm more focused on podcasts and all that. Yeah, well, um, you know, this this last six months or so has been peak time for podcasting <laughs> it's been <laughs> yes yes that is so true um, yeah the hardest part is getting it off the ground you know well well the you know all the all the people who have the successful podcasts yeah. um will say that the the uh consistency is the thing mm -hmm. you know you just got to keep them coming out and they yep. uh, that that's a pretty simple rule to follow yeah 
um, it, it's it's can be difficult because yeah. musicians are sometimes a bit difficult to tie down for. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, it's a great it's a it's a great medium, mm -hmm. and uh, I think it's um, you know people you know without harping too much about on what's going on at the moment people yeah. are a bit sick and tired of the news yes, yes, yes. and uh and they just want to hear some yeah some stories yeah. And, and and it's not all doom and gloom yeah. you know? that is so true honestly. yeah yeah that's kind of my point yeah doing this all is just trying to give yeah. people like an escape from all this so uh keep it going thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's important now. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. to to have something that's a positive out outlet for things got to keep at it you know we, if you you know I, I, uh, I, I still teach guitar and mm -hmm. uh, uh, I don't have as many students as I used to yeah. I keep the numbers lower and more manageable but um, um, you know if you're if you're sitting down and doing your lesson once a week and then practicing for half an hour once a week you're not going to progress anywhere near as much as the guy yeah. who's who's uh doing his one hour lesson and practicing 20 minutes a day right yeah you know, most days they might may not do every day or they might be doing 20 or 30 minutes so it's a it's um it's not rocket science but it's um you know sad, sadly very few of us and me is not including this at all so, yeah there are some excuse me very naturally gifted people who can pick up an instrument and and you know they just have right. they have the, the rhythm they can get all their all their limbs working independently right. they, and they can pick up the, the basic beats and suddenly they're they're playing drums like buddy rich or something right. you know? but yeah, yeah, yeah. um you know there are guitarists yeah like that that you know if you ever want to be humbled you just you know, type in eight-year-old guitar players <laughs> into YouTube, and you'll yeah. find some kid playing stuff that you're playing. But, but um, um, they're very few and far between. And um, uh, for most of it, the large, large majority of it's just hard work. And, and yeah. so, if you have the same dedication, uh, and that follows on into your podcasting, I'm sure yeah, it'll yeah. go great. Thank you so much. Yeah. Mm. Okay, Chris, so could you tell me a little bit about your music, just the stuff that you've put out over your musical career? Yep, okay, well, the solo stuff is the instrumental guitar. Um, so that's, you know, electric and acoustic. Um, I've got half a dozen EPs out and one full album. I've got a, an uh, acoustic, all acoustic EP coming out uh, soon. It's it's uh you know there's no real rush to get it out because you can't go out and promote it but um I've, I've been recording over the last couple of weeks i've been recording and editing and going back and redoing the songs and yeah taking my time with it um and uh so that 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 will be the next thing that's uh that's available but you know if you go into itunes or google play um, there's music there. Um, YouTube, there's the, I have a music channel on YouTube. You can, people can find stuff there. Uh, just put in Chris Grundy guitar, I'm sure it'll come up. Um, so there's that. I, I play in a, in a 
a uh, kind of a 70s, 80s, 90s rock cover band with a singer, a good mate of mine, uh, whose name is Stuart O. He is uh, he's also from Australia and uh, he is um, uh, he does a lot of different things. He, he'd be a good guest for you to get on your show, actually. I'll, I'll, I'll put you in touch with him. Um, and uh, he is uh, he's a great singer and, and we, we just play the pubs and you know usually we're, we're doing um, event jobs as well. Um, so we do that as a, either as a duo with tracks or as a full band. So uh, we've been doing that for 10 years. We met, uh, we were in a movie together um, called, um, it was called Symbol. It was a big, a big release movie, major movie. Uh, and we met doing that movie, yeah. And, um, and uh, yeah, we're, we're from, we're both from Sydney and we're both, you know, similar ages and, you know, do you know this guy? Oh, you know this guy? You know, you know lots of, lots of, uh, that went on when we first met. So there's that. Um, you know, over the years I've done, um, you know, some, when touring artists have come through town, I've done some backing stuff for them. Uh, probably the biggest one would be uh, a band from England called Take That. They uh, they were they were a '90s boys band, but they came boy band. They came back with a um, much more mature, you know, uh, yeah, <laughs> um, and uh, a, a member of Take That was. Uh, Probably the guy who became more famous afterwards was a guy called Robbie Williams. Yeah, yeah, he was part of Take That, but he wasn't, when I played with him, he wasn't part of it. But, um, so there's been some things like that that have come through. So, uh, and then just bits and pieces of um, session work that come up, you know, it's, uh, it's um, yeah, a bit of a mixed bag. I've been doing the instrumental guitar stuff um, for so long, and, you know, it's just, that 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 is because that transports me back to being a teenager when I get up and play and and um, and uh, I know I've come uh, you know a long way and, and there's still still a long way to go you know uh, I'm not I'm not in the least bit famous but I I know I can go out anywhere and play to a crowd and uh, without singing and I can I can uh, generally get them you know. Um, it, it's, um, it's, you know, that, that comes down to a few, you know, it comes down to song choices, having a bit of, you know, not taking yourself seriously, but putting on a good, putting on, you know, playing good music, you know, that, that's kind of, you know, undeniable. You can't, you can't, um, um, you can't fault that, you know, people, people are, are generally attracted to that, you know, if you're, you know, you don't have to be jumping around on stage. Pardon me. Um, nothing wrong with that, but you know, if you're into it and you and people can see that you're giving your best, they're going to generally um, uh, come along and join it. So definitely, um, you know, like most people, yeah, you know, I play a lot of covers, but I write my music as well. So, like every songwriter, we always think the best song is still in us and it's, it's coming out at some point, you know? So this, this most recent, um, 
acoustic CD that I'm recording. I've, I've, I've done. I'm only just doing an EP, but it's. I've done three out of the five songs that are, they've all been. They've all been written, and I've been playing them out when I've been out doing, doing gigs. But, um, um, you know, I think. You know, that's a that's a next step kind of thing. You know, just releasing a solo acoustic guitar. There's, it's just one. It's just one guitar. Um, and hopefully making enough racket that <laughs> that people enjoy it. So, um, you know, that it's over the years predominantly being known. I always put a, on an acoustic song or two onto a, a, a CD or an EP or whatever. But, but um, you know, uh, to I just felt I had to up that a little bit. And uh, and um, so I, to get to your question. Yeah, that it's definitely that's what I'm I'm most proud of is is that it's not to say I'm not interested in any other stuff I do, but it's um it's it's hard to it's hard to um, go beyond that because it's just it's just been something I've been so into for such a long time. Yeah. You know? yeah. So could you tell me a little bit about the recording process that you have with how you record music? Yeah. Um, well, I just I have a, a decent studio at home. Um, well, we all we all got a laptop or a computer with with recording software these days. But you know, if you got some nice preamps and you know, it just it's very basic. But um, you know, some nice studio monitors to hear hear you hear your sound. I got a, a vocal booth uh, that's almost finished. Um, the inside's done. I haven't done the exterior of it yet. But um, so I can, I, I can get a good controlled sound in the studio even in my home and I, I live I live in a very quiet part of town and we're actually my studio our apartment is is two levels and the studio is what you would call in a B1 in Japan in, a, in, the, in the basement so you actually enter in on the, the on the ground level and then you go downstairs into the basement and uh, so the studio is downstairs and it's so it's so quiet and um, uh, it's a great little space. I've got a nice big balcony, sunken balcony, off the off the studio. And uh, I can't record drums here, or, or you know, maybe a saxophone in the booth might be a bit of a you know big loud instrument like that. But um, yeah, certainly doing vocals and and um, and acoustic guitar um, in there is no problem. So it, it's it's all computer based and. Uh, uh, computer-based recording and uh, I don't know rolling any analog tape or anything but um, uh, you know I've just that's how I've all my hands-on stuff has been on you know digital recording it, I've, you know I've recorded in analog studios but uh, actually sitting down working on with the gear it's always been in the digital domain so um, and um, I use, if anyone's interested in the software I use, I use this called Reason, which is a little bit strange. It's, it started out as a, uh, a, um, a uh, what do you call it? Um, I've forgotten. It, when you're uh, like a programming software for, for music, um, you know, doing MIDI keyboards and, well, I forgot, I've forgotten the word. Um, but it, 
and you couldn't use it for actually recording audio. But then they, I don't know, 15 years ago, they changed it. You could use, you could start recording audio with it. So, yeah, people, Cubase and, and uh, but I've been using Reason for, um, for like 20 years or something now. So it's a little bit unusual because it, it started out predominantly for, for people making dance music, EDM. Um, so um, programming is what I was trying to think of. Music, MIDI programming. It was a programming software for, for MIDI keyboards and stuff. So, um, but um, uh, you know, that and a, and a good audio interface and um, a good set of mono speakers and a, and a set of headphones. You can, you know, even there is some guys now that are mixing um, that are, you know, famous mixer, a guy called uh, Andrew Sheps who, who mixed, um, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers and yeah, he, he does everything now just on his laptop and, and a set of speakers and he can work at, you know, when we can travel, he can work anywhere in the world, you know, he can, you know, rather than being stuck to his, you know, nice, massive, big Neve console or whatever that's, that's, that he's got, you know, these costs him, you know, 400 bucks a month in electricity just to run it, um, you know, and, you know, you've got total recallability on your mix when you're, when you're playing, uh, when you're doing in the box, you know, mixing, so you're not using any outboard you know, compressors or delays or reverb, whatever. You, everything's you're using these uh, plugins that are, you know, they may not be exact replications of the hardware, but they're pretty close. You know, so uh, for me, um, you know, there's no excuse not to be. You know, for the last six or seven years, I've, I've, I've put out a new EP at least every year, and and there's no excuse. For me, I, I feel there's no excuse not to not to be doing at least that. You know, I, I still make CDs because when I'm out uh, touring and, and playing at, you know, I just play at small places, intimate venues, you might say. Um, but, you know, people still, you know, especially in Japan, I can, you know, say this in Japan, they still will buy a CD for a thousand yen because that will help them remember the night. And, and they'll probably do, they'll probably do exactly what I do, get home, you know, whack it in the computer, um, burn it to, uh, rip it to, um, to into iTunes, and, and then it's on your phone to listen to. But but you've got that that real thing and and uh, tangible bit of something, you know. So you know, I I I, uh, I suggest that it don't give up on on CDs. If if you're out gigging, don't don't give up on CDs. You might it, it might be yourself two or three in a night, but that's you know, it doesn't. It, it costs you next to nothing per per CD, um, and um, you know, once you've sold forty or fifty of them, you've, you've almost covered all your costs anyway. So yeah, so it's a it's something that I would say I can give a little bit of advice on that. That that, that that's yeah. People are still. I'm talking about Japan, but <laughs> but. Uh, um, so yeah yeah all right so we're gonna play a little game here i'm gonna ask you a very simple question and then you just kind of give me the first answer that comes to you when i ask that question is there is there wrong answers <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no of course not okay all right all right favorite album uh people 
um, even in Australia, this is not a, a famous album, but it's one that, that set me on a path. And it's these two brothers. But at the time, Tommy was playing drums in this band. It was a band called Gold Rush. Gold Rush as in gold, the 1800s Gold Rush. And the, the album is called Live At Last. And you can go onto YouTube and it is there on YouTube. Um, you can buy it, um, but it's, it, this is how kind of uh, it's, it's somebody has taken the LP and recorded that because the, the original tapes have gone somewhere and it was only a recorded direct to two track anyway so it wasn't a full um, but um, it's a great album and I still listen to it at least once every couple of weeks um, when I'm driving I'll, I'll whack it on and I've it's uh, Phil Emanuel on, on lead guitar, a guy called Mark Collins on banjo, and um, uh, and Tommy on drums, and then the, a singer called Dave Mayer, and a bass guitarist called Chris Haig. And you, know, you find it on YouTube, it's called Live at, Live at Last by Gold Rush. And it's uh, rock, um, uh, bluegrass mix, yeah. Right, sounds yeah. great. Okay, so the last song that you've listened to, what was that last song? Um, uh, well, I just drove back from the city, so I can find it on, on uh, my iTunes list here. I, I just usually throw on. Uh, okay, well, it's a it's a strange one. I normally throw it on to shuffle um, on iTunes when I'm driving, and the last song that. I, was listening to is a song called Possibilities by Michael Hutchins and Michael oh, Michael yeah, Hutchins yeah, yeah. Uh, was the lead singer of a great Australian band yes. called In Excess yes. and uh, he released a solo album uh, that was released mm. I think after he passed away mm -hmm. uh, he'd obviously recorded it before that right. <laughs> would be a bit difficult otherwise but um, uh, that was the last song that came up on the list um, and before that was um, uh, a song called No More War by Bronsky Beat. <laughs> okay. So th that's a bit of, uh, uh, I, you know, everything that's on, on the old um, iPhone is, um, you know, albums that I like to listen to. So I just whack on shuffle and, and, and uh, something good will turn up. Yeah. All right. Next one, favorite movie. Favorite movie, uh, pretty. I, I've got to say, the Blues Brothers. Um, yeah, that's that's one that, that um, still I can just yeah. uh, can watch it and and laugh yeah. like I watch it for the first time. And Dan Aykroyd, yeah, it was um, you know it was a, an incredible mix of of comedy music. And and uh, a great story, um, you know. It was just a moment in time. That, that um, what's your favourite movie? <laughs> My favourite movie is probably Rocky. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I saw I, I saw Rocky, the original Rocky. Yeah. I I can't remember. I must have. It was in the 70s, so I was very young, 
And um, but I remember going to the cinema to see Rocky with with my brothers. Uh, great movie, yeah, yeah. Rocky movie. Nothing wrong with Rocky movies, mate. Yeah. All right, Chris. Yeah. So, just wrapping things up. Thank you so much for coming on. No worries. Uh, so. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll get to catch up at some point. Yeah. Could you yeah. just one more time introduce all your stuff? Can I, um, if people are interested? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just check out the website www.chrisgrundy.com. Um, and then if you're into any other social media stuff, all the links are there anyway. So that's the easiest place to find out. All right. Thank you so much for coming on today, Chris. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Good stuff. Again, that was my interview with Chris Grundy. You can find him online at Chris Grundy. C H R I S. G-R-U-N-D-Y. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Gotham 2 Tokyo Podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening, and I also want to thank Chris for joining as a guest. Again, you can find the podcast on Spotify and SoundCloud at Gotham 2 Tokyo Podcast, as well as on Instagram, X Gotham 2 Tokyo X, as well as Messina Records at messina records on instagram thank you all very much for listening and i hope to see you again next week